Sports Daily with Tanaka Mundua and Itumeleng Banda, Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. We have on the other side of the phone line with us Mpo Mutloani, who joins us once again to talk to us all things to do with the Champions League action last night. Mpo, what's up, man? Good morning. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Fantastic. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. good. Lots of goals last night. Yeah, lots. Lots. Lots of goals and uh, lots to talk about. So let's start here in a conversation that myself and Ito have been having uh, throughout the mm-hmm. earlier parts of this show. Erling Haaland, yeah, scored yesterday. No surprises there. Um, he's having that type of season or that type of start to his season. And I think like like almost like a clown spinning plates, right? You almost wonder, when are these <laughs> plates going to fall, you know? Um, so the conversation is around Erling Haaland and his place amongst the football greats. I understand he's still a young player. But are we yeah. watching a, a generational talent here? Or are we watching a player who is just really good at scoring goals? Or, or maybe the, the two things are synonymous. What, what are your thoughts about Erling Haaland when you compare him with the likes of Kylian Mbappe and possibly other players uh, gone by who, who we've seen in great form? Your Luis Suarez that season before he left Liverpool, even into his Barcelona season, your Neymars and their standout seasons. Because when I watch Erling Haaland, I don't see a top five talent player. What I see is someone who's just really good at putting himself in the right place at the right time. And there's no taking anything away from that skill set. But I just don't see someone who matches up with those guys. What are your thoughts? Uh, you guys love these beautiful footballers who do things and bend balls into the corners. Oh, Holland, this is a goal poacher. He's a Ruud van Nistelrooy, but like 10 times, okay, I wouldn't say 10 times better. But he's a he's an improved version of Ruud van Nistelrooy because that's what van Nistelrooy used to do. Van Nistelrooy would just pop up in the box and the ball would be in the back of the net. Um, the way he reads the game is the talent. And I think we can't overlook that. That the, the ability for him to put himself in those spots, to score those goals, those lots of goals, is something that, that even the best don't have. You know, it's something that Messi and Ronaldo kind of picked up throughout, the, throughout their careers. But Messi always had that type of vibe. It's just he always just wanted to play a little bit deeper. Um, but Erling Haaland just gives us, gives any team a chance. And I think... He, when he leaves the Premier League, if he ever does, because I know people are asking for Perez to buy him like next year, um, uh, like he'll probably be one. He'll he'll finish as the greatest ever if he spends ten years in the Premier League. Wow! All right, that's a massive endorsement. Look, at the end of the day, it's probably me and us as rival fans, right, trying to poke mm. holes in in this 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 train, the speed train that is Erling Haaland. Undeniable talent, mm. that's for sure. And you're right, probably how he reads the game. I just, you know, at some point you start to wonder, in the absence of form like this, what do you have really? But then again, there's nothing to suggest that he's going to stop scoring goals at this level, right? He's been doing it uh, since the start of his career. Um, who would you pick? Erling Haaland, Kylian Mbappe? Erling Haaland. Oh, okay. I, I, I see Mbappe. But, but, but this year, Erling Haaland's put up a case mm. for him being the best player in the world right now. The best player and, in, and in the, the world? world? Yes. Yes. So he's not just a finisher. He's the best player in the world right now. Yes. Do, because do, of what he can do. Do you know what my issue is? What makes you the way? best, though? Who's the best? What, what makes, makes you the best? best? So what do you have to be able to do in order for you to be the best? To be able to be the best in your position and the one player that can change a game at any time. And he's the guy. Yes, he needs help with all the supply. But if I have that guy in the box and I cross it in nine times out of all, more than five, six times out of ten, I'm coming out with a goal. 
Are you, are you a fan of where football is at the moment, Mpo? Uh, the fact that it's so numbers-based? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Because in my head, William Saliba is the best player in the world, but nobody cares. <laughs> All right, I thought you were going to laugh as well, but you're not laughing. That's strange. Uh, <laughs> so, um, look, Erling Haaland, really good. I suppose we could say best player, given what the metric is these days, right? Because the metric these days is how many goals yeah, can you score? Yeah, because we moved to goals and assists. Exactly. So the guy's putting them away. Exactly. Giving yeah. and swaps, but from a midfield, from a, from an total perspective, Lionel Messi still is the best in the world. Agreed, absolutely agree with you. So Manchester City were really good last night. No surprise there, beating Copenhagen five goals to nil. Again, it was the Erling Haaland show, right? We're all just waiting to see oh. how many goals uh, he would score in that game, and he didn't disappoint. I believe we have audio, yeah, from who do we got? Pep Guardiola. All right, let's take a listen to this. So we have a squad with 20 players, it just plays 11, 11, 11, 11. You don't have 20 players, you have just 11. And the other ones, when you need it, it doesn't work. So today I put the best selection to win the game because we need the best players for everywhere in this tight, tight schedule. So, but of course, this was a, uh, an excellent result and better performance. So we play in a, in a, I know the people say, no, I'm a Copenhagen. So they defend because I saw it, because we feel it. It really, really, really well. But the way we play, the movements we we were, everybody in the position, the movements, all, without the ball, but especially with the ball. And today we see the reason why this year was really, really successful for this club. is Because after Man United 6-3, a lot of compliments, a lot of nice things, we are able to be humble enough, to be respect the opponent, like... Copenhagen, every team deserves to play and play the way we played. This is the secret of this team and uh, his work ethic. Yesterday we trained 20-25 minutes and everybody was focused and everybody was paying attention. And this is the reason why we, not this season, some seasons before with different players and important players, every three days we were there. And this is the biggest title we can get, the biggest one. Beyond Premier League, Champions League and everything, this is the best. Alrighty, that is Pep Guardiola reflecting on the game that took place yesterday. Erling Haaland securing that brace. There was an own goal, Marez as well as Alves um, securing that goal in the 76th minute. But when you look at Manchester City at this moment in time, can we say that um, obviously a knockout round has already been secured for them? Um, we can already write that into the books. But is this the season for Manchester City to lift that cup? Uh, look, it's September. It's October. You can't say that. Well, they should, based on everything we've just said and Pep's just said. Um, they should because that's what they want. That's the that's the the last frontier. But you don't win the Champions League in October, and they have to figure that out. They have to figure out how to play knockout football because knockout football is not necessarily position position based football. It's about being able to close those chances out. And they've got Haaland who does that for them now. But is he going to be fit by then? We don't know. Are they going to have any other injuries at the back? We don't know. And so right now, yes, they look like it. But we've said this many times about Manchester City. You're absolutely correct, Paul. Uh, we have. And uh, I suppose on paper, one of the favourites. But you're right. It's too soon to make calls on who will win it. There's just too many variables that we can't account for, that World Cup included. Um, let's talk about another one of those teams on paper that, that look like they, they could win it. In fact, another one of those teams on paper that should win it because no team in the world can ever say they had <laughs> the best player of all time, the youngest best player of all time, 
And at some point, what was wide, who was widely regarded as the second best player of all time uh, mm-hmm. in their squad. I mean, Kylian mm-hmm. Mbappe, Lionel Messi and Neymar. I mean, this is a trio that we never, ever predicted in world football. But in the Champions League, though, it hasn't really, it hasn't really paid dividends yet. I mean, none of us are watching what they're doing in League 1. This is where the results will matter. And it's that draw yesterday against Benfica, a team who I believe, irrespective of form, should be blown out by a team like PSG. And then they get a 1-1 draw. Uh, let, let's make much of that 1-1 draw. And Paul, what does it tell you about PSG this season and, and their prospects? A 1-1 draw and they needed a worldie from Messi mm. to, 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 to draw. Um, look, it, it's, that, that PSG, it, it, it's like too many chefs in the kitchen. Like It's like you're playing an all-star game, but because in, in an all-star game, someone's obviously going to have to defer to the others. And I think this team is struggling to figure out who their alpha is. To me, in my head, your alpha should always be Mbappe. But then you've got Lionel Messi who's like, actually, no, I still got it at however old I am. And and, and, and obviously Neymar in himself thinks he's the alpha. So for me, this team is great going forward. Well, not that great going forward, but defensively, they also have issues. But what I think Galtier is trying to live with is I'm going to score more goals than you because I've got this front line. And it doesn't matter what my defense looks like, but defensively, they look horrible. They look weird. Um, and I don't know how you fix it, but if, if you, you, you got to respect both sides of the ball. And, and, and I don't think PSG has respected the defensive side of the ball in years. And this is what you're getting. You've got old guys, you've got has-beens, you've got guys who aren't necessarily like, fighting to be the best players in the world um, in those positions. And it's the same thing as you said. In the stat-based world, we're more focused on goals and assists, and we're not, we don't care about defense, and PSG clearly doesn't care about defense. Well, they have a really good goalkeeper in Donnarumma, which is a great buy, but outside of that, you're sitting there going, guys, like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand what is, what's happening with that defense. And it's costing them games because... Right now, you have a situation where you can only score one goal, and that's what that's what soccer is, right? Soccer doesn't give you the opportunity. It's not like NFL where you'll have an opportunity to go score a touchdown once the other team is finished. You get the ball back. In soccer, sometimes you just end up with, with one goal, and one goal should be enough. But in, in that game, it wasn't. Would you, would you say that them being so complacent and them being... I mean, it doesn't look like it's bothering them, right? Is it simply because of the lack of competition in League One that they continue to dominate and have been dominating for years? Actually, you be careful because the competition in Liga is, is improving. Uh, you've got some really nice teams there. Marseille gave them a run for their money last year and they thought that they nearly bottled it. Um, and, and, and so for me, the thing is, yes, they're focusing on Champions League just like... Well, Manchester City isn't focusing on Champions League, but you know that that's their ultimate goal for the season. And they'll take whatever they get throughout, throughout the year. But you can't always just be focusing on, this, on, on these games. You kind of need to build a rhythm. You kind of need to build a style of play. It, it, it feels to me that PSG over the past couple of years, their coaches have always just been like, actually, we are, we're going to just put these 11 guys on the field to hell with the strategy. Uh, Messi, Neymar and Mbappe will take us home. They'll figure out a way to play together. And that's not going to work. And I think we've seen that. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just sad. Because it's, it's, it's bothering me, the lack of, we, uh, the lack of, of, of tactics. Mm, because mm. the other, the other side says something would be, no, bench one of them every game. We're going to the World Cup. You just say, guys, every sure. game, one of you guys will be benched. You'll come on in the 60th minute. Don't kill me for it. But I think I'm trying to preserve you guys. And also to preserve your... Um, your 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 football careers as you look to the World Cup, isn't that a plan? 
Yeah. Wouldn't that work? I, I hear you. Don't think it's a viable plan, though. Or I don't think it will work I given mean, the, the temperaments of the three players we're talking about. They're blending into no. the background at this point. I think. Yeah, I'm with you, Tumilang. My thing is, three of them is is more than enough. Two is fine. And and if you do the whole Sir Alex, I'm not going to play in big games, I'm going to do this. In a Champions League final, yes, I want all three of them on the field at the same time. And that's what we'll be practicing during the week. But for some of the games, two guys play, one guy will rest, two guys will play. And we sure. walk through it and we talk through it. And if there's a game a guy really wants to play, we put them in, we draw. We, but but so, so this is the type of thing that you need to do. You need a plan. Um, you need to plan how these things are are going to be done, and 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 I, I don't think these guys actually um, do plan or, or come up with the tactics. Because, like, how do you fit the three former best players in the world, or currently best players in the world, or top three of the top five? Let's say that um, in 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 this little in this little system, because you know someone's obviously going to be third fiddle or second fiddle and it's just it's just not gonna work yeah and if we're being honest if the way in which you're actually going to get your call up to go to the world cup is the form that you show within your 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 team right domestically so i mean maybe lucky for them they'll be called up because it is who they are but in realistically i think it's because of the form that you play and if we're going to go by form at this point at this point yeah but you know what it is, right? It's 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 the fact that they they've been good as individuals. It's just not all coming together in terms of how the team, the result, the team then gets. Like Messi's been good this season, probably his best season so far uh, in league and in Champions League for PSG. Mm-hmm. Like they've been good. They've all shown signs, and I don't think any national side drops either of them. Mm. That that would be ridiculous. But I'm, I'm I one time read a, a statement long ago uh, that wars are won with legs, not arms. You know, in that like. It's yeah. it's attrition, right? It's endurance, and that's the modern game these days. It's it's who's willing to run the most, right? Which is why Ronaldo is in the predicament that he is over at Manchester United, um, and which is why this doesn't work in terms of having the three of them in one squad because you're just not going to get the type of running out of the three of them that you need in order to keep yourself competitive uh, and offset that lopsidedness that you speak about. I remember when Mauricio Pochettino was the PSG coach and they signed yeah. Lionel Messi, and he was the envy of every manager in world football, yeah. right? At least we assumed. This is now, for me, the most difficult job in world football. The worst because job. how do you balance these three very difficult talents, right? Talent nonetheless, but how do you balance them? And we've seen Kylian Mbappe, who's now taken the lead in that squad, uh, have his issues on the sideline when being substituted. We've seen it from Neymar as well. Uh, and also and we know the contract that exactly, Neymar has. Exactly. Woo! Very strange. Very strange time indeed. But all right, let's uh, turn attention over to Chelsea. Chelsea also picked up a, a great result mm-hmm. yesterday in the Champions League. That was Graham Potter's second time uh, at a Champions League game with Chelsea. It, it's, it's still so crazy how his story has turned around. And I'm sure he'll be hoping, like Harry, to keep the magic with the Blues. Delighted performance, mm-hmm. yeah. And the attitude um, <clears throat> against the top opponent. We had to play well. We had to act well. I thought we did. Um, clean sheet, three goals. Um, we had to suffer as well, which is good to do because um, you have to do that in a game at the top, at the top level in any game. So really pleased with the players. They've, they've worked really hard this week, and um, it's a good start for us. I'm the coach of, a, of Chelsea, and um, you've got to make sure that you're professional and prepare the team as well as you can, and stay in the game and focus on the game. But obviously, as a you know, as a human being, Chelsea versus AC Milan's a fantastic football match, and to be involved in it is something I'm uh, grateful for. But obviously, to to win the match is is great. Um, <coughs> 
we uh, we need to recover now and, and, and go again at the weekend and be, get ready for Tuesday. Yeah, so uh, getting ready for Tuesday, that's what comes next. The games come thick and fast. Uh, just before that World Cup, it was goals from uh, Wesley Fofana, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Rhys James that ultimately saw Chelsea through. Ooh. Uh, Fofana AC with the Milan, injury. Uh, excuse me? Fofana with that injury. Yeah, yeah. AC yeah. Milan. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know about Italy's current champions, man. I've, I've never really thought that <laughs> they were those guys, to be honest. I wasn't worried for Chelsea at all in this particular game. Uh, but just talk to me about Graham Potter. Yesterday, they went back to a three. Uh, when he came in initially, he played a four. Um, what are you making of him stylistically in terms of what he wants to do with this Chelsea setup? It just depends on what he has. And I think he struggles with um, having too many attackers on the field. Because when you play a four, you're effectively saying, I'm defending with these four and I'm playing with the six. And I think the that, that midfield, he still needs to fill. Chelsea's biggest problem this season was that was that central midfield. They never fixed it. Um, so they're still going to go with the same same type of guys. But... Um, yeah, like I think I think he's trying to figure out what's the best for this team. So it is game number three. So um, we might see another change in, in philosophy and change in system. Um, because I think for Brighton, he was comfortable with the back three, but uh, Brighton's best strengths were out wide. And so that back three kind of helped them push it out wide. And to certain extent, that's the same thing with Chelsea. And I think that's why they liked him was the way Chelsea want to play is they want to get Rhys James up the field. They want to get Ben Chilwell up the field. They don't want them to necessarily uh, sit back like in a back four they want to push them forward and they want to get the ball in the box and use those wide players up front the mounts who are playing in those little half gaps inside uh, the inside striker type of roles um, to be closer to the goal so um, I, I do think that um, he, we, we might see a change I think Chelsea's best thing is to go back to a back four um, and have Reese James just bomb down the one side and have uh, and have a, a midfield two, but Jorginho hasn't had the greatest of time. I don't think, uh, and so it, it's been a bit of a worry for them um, this season. And obviously, with all the injuries, Kante flickering in and about the side, um, Kovacic coming back. You know, he came back like three weeks ago. So these things are just a a situation with Chelsea. But look, I'm happy that they they won. It was their best game yesterday. So you, you know, I think maybe this is the one, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm not Graham Potter as of yet. Yeah, absolutely. I um, love the fact that you speak about Reese James. Um, and for me, I always see Reese James as like a full Foden, right? I'm like, these are two young players who have so much potential. And now with the World Cup in sight, I think Reese James is giving it all or nothing, yeah? Mpo? Sorry, guys. Just missed that. Oh, I was saying about Rhys James, that I see him as like a young player like Phil Foden who has so much potential. And I love the fact that you talk about him, them not keeping him back and using him really on that wing. Do you believe that now more than ever, Rhys James is really trying to find his form because of the World Cup inside? Um, I do think so. Um, and, and it's between him and Trent, but some guys want both of them on the field. Yeah. Um, I think Rhys James is a much better option than Trent. Um, as, as a right back and defensively gives them a lot more balance. He also is deadly in the box. So England have a really great opportunity with both of them, but Rhys James is just currently streaking ahead of Trent. Yes or no, Paul, as we wrap it up, is uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek the benefactor right now of pretty privilege or what? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to make it make sense right now. But what else? who else do they have? What? Okay, check. Jorginho? Potentially, no? no Conor Gallagher? Had a great season. That's the guy you worried about. 
yeah, he should be playing. And he's shown it. He's 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 proved yeah. it. I, I, but yeah. look, managers are managers. Right now, Kepa is a Balagas and go. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Strange times indeed. Well, uh, and Paul, we leave it there. Thanks so much for joining sure. us, man. As always, appreciate your time, yeah? And uh, we'll do it again very soon. Sure, no problem. All right, cheerio. Cool. Cheers, Paul Mutlwani on the other side of the phone line there with us, uh, talking through... Uh, everything to do with UEFA Champions League yesterday. Of course, uh, we had the Haaland conversation with him mm-hmm. and he believes Haaland right now, best player in the world, right? Call us now. 010